I'm Torn. Welcome to the team. You're listening to Jacked, the Jack and Roden, I mean Daxter, podcast. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Jacked, the Jack and Daxter podcast. We are on episode 14 now. That is 14, not 12, not 13. I don't think there was even a debate of whether a 13th episode had come up. We just completely bypassed it. Yeah, kind of. Poor 13. (laughs) Yeah. So today we've got the normal schedule. We've got the news and updates, our area by area, and then a jacked joke at the end, which Orestis will be delivering for us. And sadly, not a lot of people will be here to hear it. But after after this recording, everybody will hear it <laughs> second-handed. Yeah. <laughs> they, they will laugh in their own time. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Cherry. <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm Orestes. Nice to be back again. <laughs> hey, this is Jack. Okay, so in the news and updates this week, the first piece of news is that Naughty Dog has celebrated Jack 3's 16th birthday. Mm. Awesome. So he would now be old enough to drive. Excellent. (laughs) I will read the tweet from Naughty Dog themselves, though, because they put it better. They said, on this day 16 years ago, Jack 3 first launched on the PS2. Congrats on finally being old enough to get your driver's license. (laughs) Which was nice. And and, and it shows one of the worst missions of the game. Yeah, which one is that? Which is the mission they've included on that? It's it's the mission that you have to shoot. Um, actually, it begins that you go into the the place that the robots have taken over, and then you uh, activate the defense mechanism, and some rockets are throwing to you, and you need to steal that dark echo like barrels that is behind of the thing you're riding, and then you have to use decoys in the port to neutralize the missiles. Wow. Yeah. Do you just remember that off heart? <laughs> Me and Jack have played this game so many times. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think Jack will wow. also know this uh, mission yeah. inside and out. But, oh, my God, when I was younger, this mission, I hated it. I remember the I remember the missiles coming at you. I remember that. But yeah. the rest of it... No. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's a tradition. I replay all the games every two years. So, yeah. <laughs> kind of, oh, that's lovely. Yeah, it kind of refreshes the memory. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, next in the news this is just a, an announcement that Gabonetto's interview with Mike Irwin is out, ready for people to listen to on YouTube if they like I'll leave the link in the description of the show notes but yeah, what did you guys think of it? Have you had a chance to listen? Yeah, yeah, yeah um, I thought it was absolutely fantastic I think Gab did a great job with the interview mm. um, Mike had some amazing answers he, was, you know, he went really in depth yeah, um, it was just really interesting to listen to. Yeah, it's great. What do you think of his um, his intro, Gabonetto's intro into it? <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> no, it, it was good. It was good. I was wondering though if he actually did pre-record that or not. But mm. so it was. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he had pre-recorded it and like done it in post or something. But then Mike Irwin sort of bounces off that that introduction so I was like oh my god he actually did that in front of him that's awesome yeah yeah that was <laughs> <laughs> well I was impressed. I'm just gonna say if anybody hasn't heard it there is a segment that they talk about Jack and Daxter fan fiction and Jack and Daxter concept art so yeah mm. that was my f- favorite one <laughs> because yeah. because it brought it brought um, it brought the guy in such an awkward position <laughs> 
<laughs> and, yeah. and he was like, oh, I have an art to show you. And he was going into more naughty, naughty things. <laughs> It's very Gabonetto, a very Gabonetto thing to do. Yeah, but but really, you have to go and listen. Like, yeah, um, he goes into some rants, as he said, but are very, very interesting rants. Like, he doesn't just say yeah. the same thing over and over. He always have has a very nice story to say. And, oh, my God, I went so many trips while listening to this, you know, because I was imagining mm. all the things he was describing. And I was like, oh, my God, this man and his life. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't realize he was in the Hulk. Like he was the yeah. like in the first sort of waking up from the dream scene, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. But I I, I haven't seen the movie. I, I didn't pay, I didn't like I wasn't such a big Titan fan or a Hulk nor nor I didn't know any other of his projects overall. But this interview just you know made me know the guy inside and out. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's a very very yeah. nice interview. Very very nice. Mm-hmm. I think Gabonetto, I did ask Gabonetto to sort of beg him for like to do an introduction to the show for us, but I'm not sure if he got it. So I might have to bug him myself. Also, yeah, it was very funny. You will hear he's, he, he's trying to make a dark Jack impression is the funniest thing in the whole interview. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that was, was that good. Was, that was amazing. <laughs> he, he, he's done that exact impression before in um, one of the, in the secrets in Jack 3, I think it is. Ah. Um, oh. When you when you flick when you flick through all the characters, they have like a little extra bit that they recorded in the studio. Ah, um, okay. Oh, that's cool. And he, yeah, that's what he did in Jack Three, so that's pretty cool. Mm. That is cool. Very very nice ah. interview, guys. You should go and listen to it. Definitely, he's edited it. Gabonetto's edited it really nicely as well. Like the accompanying visuals are and the good. music as well. Like the yeah. music was so mm. fitting and so so fitting. Yeah, as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is it for the news this week. It's no juicy stuff like last week, but mm. oh well. <laughs> and we're going to go into our main discussion if we're all ready. Yep. Yeah, I'm down for starting that. Woohoo! Okay, so for our area by area this week, it is the volcanic crater. Mm. So yeah, we're. You need to play other areas to get the orbs, I believe, unless you've already got like loads of orbs. I don't know how you'd get enough. <laughs> but we're just going to talk about the elements of the volcanic crater. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to go through initial thoughts of the volcanic crater first. So mine was the music. Again, I feel like I'm always talking about the music. <laughs> it's really relaxed compared to the area you've just come from. Like It's literally, as you cross the border, you go from that really fast, racy music straight into this, like, Mm-hmm. sort of mining slow ambient i like it yeah yeah no it is it is uh, well uh, from my perspective i would have to agree with the music it's actually one of the second most chilling songs after the sentinel beats one it's it's like a music to reflect on what happened because it's like the best the the, the first big revelation of the game that you meet Golden maya and you realize w- what they are and what happened to them and uh, they cannot help daxter you know, so the music helps you to realize all of this as a player and as Jack and Daxter as well. So it gets into the psychology of our protagonists. <laughs> That's cool. That gets into the psychology. That is a cool point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And also I wanted to comment that uh, in, in comparison with the other villages, this is getting way linear. Like there is not even a fourth village in this game, but like the third one. Oh my god, it only has two miners, <laughs> nothing else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is the point. It's really underpopulated. Mm. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I think I think uh, Naughty Dog could uh, like they really wanted to expand the villages more, but you know, budget uh, things, uh, time restrictions. So that's why uh, every every like every other village is getting smaller and smaller. Like Rock Village was smaller than Sendover, and now Volcanic Crater is smaller than Rock Village. Mm, it makes sense. Mm. I mean, it was their their first game. It was more of an adventure game at that point as well, rather than people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So first, when you come into the volcanic crater, you get the goal and Maya cutscene. Mm. So this is a really juicy cutscene after turning on the teleport ring. Samos and Kira jump to the conclusion that there has been a struggle, but then Goal and Maya emerge from the shadows and reveal that their plans are to harvest all the dark eco, which they think is a good idea. And the team conclude that they must get Golmeyer's citadel. Citadel. I can never say the word. <laughs> Is it citadel? Yeah, I th- I think they pronounce it citadel in the game. Yeah. Mm. So they decide they want to go to Golmeyer's citadel to stop them. I don't know why you have to. I mean, you think there'd be another way, but <laughs> Jack and Daxter need to get more power cells, and so begins the exploration of the area. That is my summary of that cutscene. Mm-hmm. Nice. Hmm. But yeah, looking at goal, I've noted here, I think it's like those weights that are around his waist, like we often talk about why they're there. And I genuinely think that they must be there to stop him from flying away. So they could have just defeated him by cutting off his balls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that will kill um. That will kill him. <laughs> those chain balls. Um, well... I, I just want to comment on this. I think it's more of a visual-like thing because I, in my opinion, I thought when I was younger that Gaul look look like a goat, and goats have bells like this on their neck, <laughs> and, o- oh. and also and also Gaul like has a, a, a lamp feet, like uh, his feet are like uh, a goat's feet, like a lamp, and uh, yeah, yeah. So that's why I think like it, it, I don't know they're trying to go for a goat goal. <laughs> I don't know. But I, always, I can yeah. see why you made that connection. Yeah, but I think it gives more more interest behind of his uh, personality to have these belts there, these balls. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm looking at the sort of art of him now, and they, it's just, it must be have a practical use when they're designing. I feel like they must have put something behind it. Yeah, I don't know. I just find it, you know, artistically fitting. <laughs> I don't know the mm. the practical purpose of it. <laughs> I think Maya's been like sexualized to a ridiculous degree. Mm. She is really nice to look at though. Like I, I feel ambivalent about it because I'm like, I don't like that they've done this, mm. but it is pleasing to see. It's a villain of a face. <laughs> I, I quite like her face as well. You know, she's got a pretty cool design. I like, I like the green on her helmet, the green eyes. Uh, also Maya <laughs> is wearing a precursor armor. The thing that she has on her head is like a precursor, you know, bird uh, statue head. Uh, so, um, yeah, so I think like the stealing of precursor technology and stuff like that. Yeah, this is this is very very fitting. Um, yeah, I always think it looks like a bug. Yeah, like be- bug because eyes. now I see that Gaul has a like a prosthetic arm in his right uh, hand, and also Maya is wearing like a precursor full body armor. Which okay, it's kind of revealing, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's uh, it's a color of the precursors. But I think yeah, that is cool. Yeah, I think they're in, they're a nice combo as a brother and sister. Mm. 
They do match. I always, whenever I see Goal and Maya now, I always think of Darren's fan fiction horror story. <laughs> you, 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 listeners, you should go and listen to that. <laughs> mm, definitely. Mm-hmm. What the explorers found. One thing I notice when, when I, you know, every time I play is how good the voice actors are for the roles. Mm. When you yeah. Dee Snyder is Goal. Yeah. I, um, I would... searched up who voiced Maya, Jennifer Haggard. I think, that she, I think this is the only thing she's ever done. Um, I think she did a really good job of that as well. So. She really suits it too. Mm. Mm, yeah. She, she sounds like a Disney villain. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, does. it does. It does. It does sound like a Maleficent voice. Like her laugh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't get any more work. I suppose... I'm guessing she wasn't interested because I think if she had applied for jobs, she would have got some. Yeah, I, I don't really know. I don't really know. It's strange. You know how life is. <laughs> yeah. So who knows? That is interesting about like the voices. I always wonder how Dee Snyder's voice was sort of like edited, or you know, because I can't imagine it actually sounding like how it sounds in the game. Mm-hmm. I wonder what they did to the voice to make it sound that sort of raspy. Mm. Ah, you mean from Gold's voice? Yeah, Gold's, not Maya. Yeah, Gold's voice. Uh, first of all, because he's a singer, and if you have heard, uh, I think uh, he's the singer of uh, Ah, Twisted Snyder, Sisters. The singer of which band? Yeah, Twisted Sisters. Yeah, Twisted Sister- Sisters have this kind of uh, grunty voice. If you're getting my description, like. He's he's not. I don't know. It's not that gravelly though. Like no, no. But uh, yeah, of course, of course, there's some distros- distortion put behind this. Mm. But uh, I mean, like he naturally has this kind of um, voice. He could do it very easily. So they just fitted fitted him in the role. But yeah, mm. no. I think both voices. Yeah, very Disney, very fitting. <laughs> mm. Who's points are in blue are they it's jesse's that we couldn't have him here today (laughs) oh yeah i will i will just read out one of his then Mm -hmm. because it looks like it could be interesting Mm -hmm. so jesse has written i like the dialogue in this scene from the conversation between samus goal and maya to dax's realization and manic reaction to the fact the man supposed to cure him is the exact one trying to kill everyone i'm doomed (laughs) i'm not (laughs) That is, I do like the dialogue as well, though. It's a really juicy scene. Mm. Is the is the first big revelation? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah, mm. he says after that that Samos addresses goal corruption by Darkiko and how he warned Maya of the same. And it makes you wonder mm. exactly what her profession was before. Her brother is the Dark Echo Sage, but she wears precursor armor and face paint similar to Seams. That's such a good idea. Like, uh, it may be another idea that uh, Maya didn't want to get influenced with Dark Echo, but Go made her. So after that, when she got into Dark Echo, like, she was feeling nothing. And she wanted it even more. <laughs> Dark Echo is like a drug. <laughs> like a reverse Adam and Eve complex. Sort yeah, of yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say that it's the first time we get to see face-to-face encounter with the villains. And it really gives us some more motivation as players to keep playing at this point. Because we already went through some hard and intense levels, like finding the claw boss and racing the lurkers. Uh, But the plot is there to unfold. uh, And this is a nice reward. Like, uh, because you you beat a boss, you race the lurkers to the end, and then you'll be rewarded with some nice story and unfolding of the plot. So 
it's very very rewarding and it gives like the player a place to chill but also a motivation to keep going very very nice that's a really good point mm. like that is the motivation to keep going because until that point it's a bit like it's just mission after mission of like they're not pointless but there isn't there doesn't seem to really be any plot like you say mm-hmm. so yeah that is a really good motivation exactly <laughs> Moving on in the volcanic crater, we are now in the hut. We've had the cutscene, you're just sort of wandering around the hut. I liked that if you talk to Samos, he sets up the narrative for the first power cell mission, which is the lurker activity in the spider caves. He wants you to destroy the dark eco-crystals, and Daxter gives some great cheek here, which I really liked, and then Samos gives some great sass. <laughs> yeah. Those are the moments I like. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Bullying Daxter. <laughs> but yeah, another another thing he says if you just like walk near him, he says, "What is goal planning?" And that confused me because I just thought, well, didn't we just find out what he's planning? He's gonna harvest all the dark eco. As I said before, these cutscenes are some some somewhat uh, random <laughs> sometimes. Mm. But yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know what uh, Samos has in his mind exactly. No, that's strange. Maybe he thinks Go has a larger plan. I don't know. It's interesting because all he wants to do is destroy the world, or is mm. that just gonna, could be a bigger plan? That's a point. He doesn't say what he's planning to do with the dark eco. No. I guess he's. I suppose that's like. The main plan is the eco-robot. Mm, exactly. And he doesn't know that yet, does he? No. No, no. Until, until he's captured, no, he doesn't know. Maybe maybe he wants you to go into the the, the spider caves to find what is he, what is he doing specifically. Oh. Uh, because as we will see in a later episode, spider caves are full of dark eco. Mm-hmm. And dark eco oh, crystals and stuff like that. It's the most dark eco-y place you will go in this game. So, yeah. So Samus is truly afraid of what Gold is going to do in this cave. <laughs> <laughs> Another point is there's, there is nothing distinguishable on the floor of the hut as like just an object that you could actually name. It's a bit shoddy. I was a bit underwhelmed with the design there. Mm. I, think, I think it had something like a fireplace only inside of the hut. Yeah, but it didn't like the debris on the floor. Like it's sort of it's supposed to be like bookshelves broken and whatnot. Mm. I'm I'm imagining, but it's just like clumps Books. of grey ah, colours. Yeah, yeah it's, there's nothing distinguishable. Mm. They didn't put a lot of particles there. Mm. <laughs> exactly. Oh well. Oh well. Yeah, you know, it's it's a place that um, it's this point that the whole game wants you to focus on the story. Like it's it, as you said, it's the first critical point. Mm. So that's why not a lot of villagers, not a lot of things to do around the village, not a lot of details to notice because they have already established that in the previous villages. So right now they want you to focus on the story and keep going, and because you might be already tired a little bit through the last segments. So maybe that's why the um, we, we have more less details here. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah, and also if you speak to Kira, she just says, "Hey guys." You gotta go and grab some more power cells because we have to keep heading north. <laughs> yeah. Damn, damn, Kira and power cells all the time asking for power cells. Just ask Jack out in a date. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kira, Kira doesn't say anything else if you speak to her multiple times. He's just saying the same thing over and over. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next part of the volcanic crater that we're going to talk about is that. 
blue crystals mining area. I don't know. Does it have a name? Would you just call it the mine? The main yeah. mine? Yeah, the mine. Yeah. The miners, yeah. Mm. I know. It's like, it's a pretty nice place to be. Like, it's really pretty. You sort of get a light shining off all the crystals. Mm. Aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, it's a nice place. <laughs> mm. And the miners themselves, it's like that typical dumb and brains duo that I think it's Gabonetto that talked about it. It's like really stereotypical. It's just coming up all the time. Like that's all anyone ever seems to do when they've got a duo like that. Mm. Pink in the brain. Mm. Yeah, but it's it's like it, like it's a little fitting. Like because there also there is the short and fat and the tall and thin. Mm. So it even has more uh, you know stereotypical duo characteristics. Yeah, it's like <laughs> mm-hmm. that whole good. Good cop, bad cop thing. <laughs> Contrast. Well, as I, I will say my comparison later, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my next point is that I like that there is a canary in the miner's cage hat. And that is like, you know, it's like typical mining, isn't it? You send a canary down to test the air and then if it's dead and you bring it back up, you know it's not safe. I thought that was a nice, a nice call to real life mining. Hmm. Yeah, indeed. Indeed, I, I, I never thought about that, yeah, but it makes so much sense because uh, canaries are used for that, but I, it never occurred to me that they try to put the, like, this like an easter egg there. But it fits the character because like the more dumb one is more innocent, so the animals like him more, so it's more fitting for him to have a bird in his, he- in his head. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they co- he gets called bird brain, which I think is nice. Like, it's really specific to him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he, and then Jesse, that he's not with us, is saying that he likes the voices of both them and the discussion that they have between them. Mm. Um, and bringing the orbs, the the bringing him the orbs to get the parcels back, that he says the same thing like a déjà vu. <laughs> Yeah, I could imagine Jesse saying deja vu. I can imagine yeah, I, him being like, deja vu. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do this. Well, I, I know this line inside and out. He says, all right already. Here's a parcel. <laughs> he mm. says this. I, I heard it so many, fuck, sorry. <laughs> I've heard it so many times. So I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to hear it again. But I love that the fourth time he says, like the thin guy comes out, the dumb one, and says something different. And he cannot even say the word. Like He's like, here's a... Here's a, a yeah. power cell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good impression, man. <laughs> that was spot on. Oh, yeah. I, I have learned there, like, <laughs> when I was younger, you know, I tried to copy, you know, movie dialogues a lot. So Jack being oh. one of the earliest games I ever played, you know, I didn't even know English, but I, you know, I could repeat what I just heard. I didn't know what I'm saying, but I could repeat it. So, yeah, a lot of the lines from this game are just written in my mind. <laughs> wow, like a parrot. That's yeah, cool. <laughs> like a parrot. <laughs> yeah, like a canary. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just going to say that uh, me personally, I think I have collected enough orbs from before. Because uh, when I get into the geologist and the gladiator in the last village, I already gave them the parcels from the beginning. So all the rest of the pa- of the orbs, uh, sorry, I gave them the precursor orbs that they wanted. So after that, all the orbs I collect, I have almost enough of them all the time to give them the four times 90 orbs, and I get all of their parcels. What? Uh, what? And 
Is that including like the oracle when you have to give it? Ah, no, or is that no, like... no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't have. No, I never, I never seen in my life one thousand orbs on my screen. Like <laughs> I, I, I've seen some screenshots of people having one thousand orbs for some reason, but for me personally, I have never collected one thousand orbs. Like you know, and hold them. I always give them somewhere. No, I don't even see how you could. Like you can't progress through the game without giving away these orbs. Well, if you think about it, uh, you can skip some orb-consuming missions. Like you can skip the geologist. You can skip some uh, of the, uh, you know, the precursor statues that you have to give them 120. You have enough orbs to keep going, enough power cells to keep go to keep going. So you can skip some of them. So that's why you can collect so many power, so many precursor orbs. That is a point I've forgotten about that. Cause, like I get so engrossed in doing every single power cell that I forget you mm. don't actually have to do them all. Yeah, yeah, and this is the only way you ever get to see four-digit uh, precursor orbs. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Cool. Uh, but then, yeah, I was going to say that my comparison is, it reminds me of uh, Ovelix, Ovelix, Asterix, I don't know how you say it in <laughs> English. I think you're getting what I'm saying, right? Elixir Elixir? No, it's it's a duo from a from a, from a, from a French comic, Asterix of Elix. Do you? Oh yes. Oh, I've never heard of that. Yeah, wow, that's fascinating. <laughs> exactly. Jack, how have you heard of that? Yeah, I've never. I haven't really. I don't know. Really know anything about it? Though. I just I've heard of them. I know what they look like. It's, uh, it, yeah, it, it was a big thing because it was translated a lot here in Greece and we had their magazines everywhere. It's like a comic book, a comic series of, Obeli, of Ovelisk, Oveli, Ovelix, Asterix. I don't know how I'm pronouncing them in English, <laughs> but I hope our listeners could understand. Yeah, it's, it's like the tall, fat guy, which is very strong, and the short one that is more clever. You know, it's the classic duo, so it kind of reminds me this way. And also they have the mustaches, which those two characters also have mustaches. So that's why they reminded me of them. Oh, I've just Googled them. Yeah, I've I've seen these. I yeah. just have never really got into them. They had like a TV show or a movie or something, didn't they? They have video games, they have movies, they have TV shows. It, it's a very huge French uh, thing. Yeah, mm. it's, a French, it's a French comic. It's, it's, it, it, it was very, very famous back in the 90s. Very, very famous. That's cool. I had completely mm-hmm. forgotten about those. <laughs> oh, well. Um, and then I was just going to say that I don't really like the voice of the dumb tall one. It's it's a nice voice, but I just find it very... Like, he, he really catches the spirit, but I, for my ears, like I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> mm. Yeah. But they're nice fellas. They have funny lines. <laughs> I do always find, like, really dumb characters, like... I don't know, it's just something about it that just repulses me. Like, I just cannot stand really dumb characters. You know, if a dumb character is, is like, it depends. Is he a, a clever dumb guy? Like, it's a dumb guy that, you know, it's, it's a guy that plays the dumb or is a truly dumb character? And then it's about only not only the delivering of the lines, but also the... The comedy behind it. If the comedy behind it is also dumb, th- then yes, you don't like it. But if the comedy behind the dumb character is funny, then you like the dumb character. I don't know if I confused you. <laughs> I, I see what you mean. It's like when I say dumb, I mean like brainless, like, you know, yeah, like yeah, Homer yeah. Simpson. Just you want to <laughs> smack something against the wall because he's so stupid. <laughs> but he's so lovable. <laughs> Ugh, <is> he? <laughs> well... This is a whole different discussion, but I think Homer Simpson is one of the most, like, 
underrated characters in the whole series because if you really think about it the whole series is around him being developed of being a better parent and a better husband that he finally succeeds in some moments but they don't give him enough credits because it's only in some very very special episodes that he truly shows mm. that he cares most of the episodes he's just living in his own world <laughs> especially now like they've really we won't dwell oh, on this but they really they yeah. do not do any of the characters justice anymore I, I'm just going to say one line. I think Simpsons should have been cancelled a lot of years ago, and I don't know why they keep dragging the show. But yeah, I kind of agree with you. If they got, yeah, if they got writers that gave it the effort again, it'd be fine. But yeah. <sighs> yeah. So. Anyway. Areas. <laughs> <laughs> areas. So now we are looking at the areas surrounding the hut. I really like the coal carriers. Jack, you said you didn't like them. Why? They're just too slow. It <laughs> takes oh, yeah, like an age slow. to get around, so I tried to like platform on the rails <laughs> instead. Oh, yeah. You'd rather chance the rails. Yeah, and then have to get moved. And if I die, I have to start all the way back to the beginning again. Oh, Sad. yeah, that did suck. It is sick. <laughs> they did suck. They are nice. Like, when I first saw them, they were, like, really novel. But then when you're trying to get from area to area, it is just you're sort of standing there. Mm. Yeah. They're nice to just stand on and look at the area from, though. Yeah. It, it, it adds against to the whole, like, um, chilling experience of the player. Because he doesn't move a lot. The cards move him. So. Yeah, it is very chilled. Mm-hmm. But if you fall to the lava, <laughs> bye-bye. Oh god, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I I did like the sort of attention to detail that they put in here, though. Like instead of having iron weights that separate the carts, which would be like in a normal mine, they've got like bones, which I thought was cool. It sort of gives like an insight into the resources they actually have in this like land of the game. Hmm. Yeah. Exactly. It, it's it's environmental storytelling. Hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's a really cool way to put it. Hmm. Yeah, that's that, that, and that's actually an art. Like, it's very hard for a lot of games to do environmental storytelling, mm. to, just to make you understand things for the environment just by looking at it. Uh, Darren goes into a lot of environmental storytelling in his videos. You should check him oh, out. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll have to talk about his um his newest video on the next one that he's on. I think oh. that's in two weeks' time. Yeah, we'll, cool. yeah, we'll make him sigh. <laughs> mm. Sigh. Yeah, because because I don't know if he's feeling, uh, you know, if he's feeling it about talking about his video publicly. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, yeah, he might be a bit yeah. shy about it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but uh, we, we love him. <laughs> mm. um, so, yeah, uh, he was now I'm just going to add Jesse's point. He's saying that the minecarts are constantly moving, uh, but it's not so difficult to gather the collectibles. I kind of agree with him, like collecting I the agree. 50 orbs of uh, the place. It's not so hard like other villages. Yeah, you literally just stand there. You just Mm -hmm. stand still. Yeah, exactly. Jumping from the rails, it's more complicated, but it's way more interesting than just stealing all the cards. Because trying to find every little, like, um, step that doesn't have a big gap and try to jump uh, from Mm. the one end to the other, it's it's a very nice, interesting way. And it's actually faster than getting the, the cards. Uh, but yeah, and also uh, in the if you if you go the other direction, not to the spider caves, but from the other direction to go into the fire canyon, uh, the minecarts are going backwards, so it takes you more time to get to the area. So if you want to get faster, you have to jump on the rails and go reverse. So yeah. it's like a small challenge you can put to yourself there as a player. <laughs> it is cool. I do like how they have that sort of 
circuit. It reminds me of like, you know, those sort of race car circuits you get as a kid and you can do like ah, the tracks. Yeah, yeah, it's a little child play, yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, apart from the minecarts, just quite a nice sort of atmosphere. Like, you know, I like how, I know we'll get to this in a later episode, but I like how you get up to, how you get up to Snow Mountain on the on the lift. Yeah, sort of thing, and it and it and it shows you go all the way up. It's pretty cool. Um, ah, the elevator, yeah, yeah, the elevator. Mm. That gondola is like, I know it's more on the other one, but that gondola ride up to it is yeah. really nice. But it kind of like they didn't quite finish the transition. <laughs> like you get like three quarters of the way either up or down, and the music stops, and it's just like <laughs> he stood there a bit weird. <laughs> and also it's it's another very very hidden cutscene like for a, just a yeah. split second the gameplay stops and it loads which is very like i think it's the only it's it's one of the least places of the game that the game load it's it's loading something yeah it's, it's obvious yeah it's like they didn't finish it <laughs> yeah but i think like they couldn't load all of these aspects in the snowy mountain if they didn't like cut the gameplay there and just show a cutscene but mm. yeah, it's it's still a very quick transaction. Um, well, yeah, just uh, in my points, I want to say, yeah, try moving on the rails. It's a fun thing. And also the cards as well. Um, because, yeah, the cards are kind of boring because sometimes they take ages to go around. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, if you have to go up to the mountain, you have to take the elevator or the gondola, as they say. Um, and also, I've never figured out what you need to do to start the gondola. Because when you first get to it, it doesn't work. It's unpowered. And then uh, Kira comes into you and says, uh, you know, I'm going to power it up. But I don't know, like, does it need to pass some certain time for this to happen? Do you need to take a power cell from the miners so it triggers it? I don't know what triggers it. I think it's just because I didn't get the power cell from the miners before I went there. It literally just came on. So I think it's just like an area trigger as soon as you walk past a certain point. Probably, probably, probably that. Because I've never, I, I like, like I try standing there and watching it if it will trigger. <laughs> but it didn't trigger. And then after I get bored and I went to the miners and got their power cells, I went out and the elevator was working. Oh, that's weird. So, so, so I don't know exactly how you trigger this gondola. But yeah, <laughs> it's a nice, it's a very nice, nice, and also I love the little, I love, I hate and I love the little <laughs> puddles that it's next to the gondola that they have hot steaming uh, lava or I don't know what it is. It's a yellow goo. I know, I know what I'm saying, oh, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, that if you touch them, yeah. you get damaged. <laughs> yeah, it's like nuclear waste. Yeah, exactly. And, and also something else that we didn't add is about the scout flies of this area. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured oh, out. Yeah, yeah. I, I leave them out now. But <laughs> yeah, you talk about them if you like. We're, we're so bullying the scout flies. No, I just like a lot the placement of the scout flies in this area. It's tricky to find them. It's not so easy, and I love that. I love that the game is still going challenging about finding the scout flies. And that is true. Yeah, and it has some very very little sneaky places hidden for the for the scout flies. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't even get all of them. Do you guys have a favorite for the scout flies? I think there is one just right as you enter the area, like right next to you in the left or the right. I don't remember. It's a small gap. Yeah, that is my favorite one because you never see it. You just listen to it. You're listening that there's a scout fly nearby and you're just like, where is it? And then when you find it, you're like, oh, there it was. <laughs> oh, that's a nice detail. Mm. Jack, any specific for you? Um, 
honestly, because I just get them automatically, I can't really think of where they are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, uh, <laughs> like, they're just it's all fuzzy. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't remember all of them. Do you remember the one that you get when you're on the car and you have to sort of jump into that middle platform? Mm. Yeah. I'd say that's my favourite. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice one. So. Well, that is our... I was going to say mission by mission then. That's the old title for the segment. That is our area by area for this week. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to move on to our jacked joke. We, we, we won't have the prequisor this time, guys. We're sorry. But no. we're going to have an awesome epic joke. Indeed. That I'm, I'm miserably going to fail because I'm anxious. <laughs> but no. I'm, but I'm going to try to do it because, uh, come on, it's, um, we have the interview of Jack Voice. So we had to make a joke about Jack's voice. This is how I thought about yes. it. So what does Jack says after he buys a new car, he finds a new job and he rents a new house? What? I'm going to do taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, did you get this one? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, that is. That's a, that's a, that's a yeah. <laughs> Good job. Very dumb. <laughs> I'm gonna do tax. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like that iconic mm-hmm. line. I'm gonna kill Praxis. It's brilliant. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a lot of memes oh, going. Honestly. Yeah, there's oh. a lot of there's a lot of memes going on around uh, this line, but I would you know I shared some um, some syno- not synonyms uh, some rhymes uh, words that rhyme with praxis, and like a million words came out, and I saw taxis, and I'm like. Now, will they understand the tax, the taxi that you take to drive in, or will they understand the taxes that you do, you know, for economy and stuff? <laughs> yeah. But then I realized, you know, I was trying to fit it. But then I realized, come on, just make it, you know, uh, a joke of an everyday. Like everyone knows about taxes, or everybody has to do them at some point. So, <laughs> Zach al- was... also has to do his taxes. <laughs> mm. It was clever. I Thank appreciate you. the joke. It, sh- it should be a line in the new Jack game. <laughs> That's what I think. Yeah, it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you have to get your own house. He's like, gotta, gotta do taxes. Yes. Like Jack oh, all grown no. up. So now I have to nominate someone to do the next joke. I think we have heard. Yes. Uh, we have heard Cabinetto. We have heard Darins. Uh, we have heard CJ's. Terry, have you done a joke? I did it first. You did it first? Okay. So, Jack. This is your time to sign. Next episode, <laughs> you have to do the joke. Yay. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Try to, to try to be a true British one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Nice. So that is episode 14 of the Jacked podcast. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Have a nice one, guys. Yes. Just as a side note, we had a... So people ask how they can get in touch and give us feedback. I do say at the end, email the show at jacked.hosts at gmail.com, but I will put it in the description as well in case. <laughs> Great. And we cannot wait to hear from you guys. Stay safe. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening. Goodbye. You got your own opinions? Want to throw your weight around? Email the show. Details in the show notes.